from CNU 23 in Dallas, this is the Strong Towns Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Chuck Marone. Welcome back to the Strong Towns Podcast. Uh, finishing up here in Dallas, uh, we've got two shows left, and I saved the best for the end. <laughs> Robin Bergstrom from CNU New England, the president, the CEO, what are you? That's, you're the executive director, you're executive director, executive director of CNU New England. Yeah. Robin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chuck. I'm happy that, I'm happy that you're here. Thanks. I'm also happy to be here. I feel like this is almost going to be a therapy session because you... Please. You, no. <laughs> Let's have a... Let, okay. Here's, here's what, I, here's what okay. I want to talk about more than anything with you. Because you, 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 you I asked you to send me a couple of things you want to talk about. You sent me nothing. Right. I asked you to send me a photo. You sent me nothing. Yeah, you're right. I know you're really busy, but I also know that you're just... You know, you want to like put it in my lap. So here's what, here's what I want to talk about. Oh, no. Um, I... I want I want you to talk a little bit about how you came to be involved in the new urbanism, because and then I want to ask how you became the executive director. But I, I think the the path that you took because you're you're not an engineer, mm-hmm. you're not an architect, no. you're not a planner, not that either. you're not one of these like technical geek people. To me, you're the you're the exact person that this movement needs right now. But talk about how you got involved with the new urbanism. Thanks, Chuck. Um, so, so yeah, I was, I was, I've been really lucky. I've been really lucky to get involved with a group of really great and creative and fun-loving people. Um, and so that started when I was an undergraduate at UNH. Where's UNH? Um, in little, little town of Durham, New Hampshire. Okay. Which is actually, which is actually a, a case study worth looking at. But, but anyway, so I was a student and, um, a professor alerted me to an opportunity to volunteer at a conference of the CNU New England chapter, um, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, 2009. So I was yeah, yeah. 19. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, there was it was a no-brainer. I was I, I read through the website. I was I read all the bro- the profiles, the biographies. These people were I was totally starstruck and super excited to get involved. Um, so yeah, I went. I manned registration. I took photographs. Did the the runner's work and um, and I I emboldened myself to speak to a few key people that have really been catalysts for my life. Um, I, I'll, I'll throw a shout out to Kara Wilbur, who sure. we both know well. Yeah, yeah she's Bill fantastic. Den- Bill Dennis, uh, Russell Preston, Matt Waller. There's yeah. countless others, but um, Kara and Bill really took me under their wing, and I started working on their charrettes and sure um, their private practices. So they brought you, they saw you're there volunteering, kind of intern, and then they say, "Hey, come help us out with this and this and this." Yeah, yeah. Can you believe it? No, I can't. Well, I totally can believe it. <laughs> How'd you how'd, how'd you like that? I, I mean, felt I felt so unworthy. I mean, I, I I I I loved the group because they were talking about more than the technical profession. They were talking about ideas and right. civilization and um, you know social philosophy and things like that. Um, so I'm sorry, your your question more directly. No, I, I just the, how did you get involved with the new urbanism? Yeah, you, you yeah. basically because I, I, the story is like you you've kind of floated into it. Right? Yeah, but you were. 
Why were you drawn to it? I mean, I was, why, given all the opportunities yeah. in front of you, was this an interesting path to take? Yeah. Um, so I was I was a geography and philosophy major. Okay. The two roundest, <laughs> most diverse, <laughs> and for better and for worse, disciplines are. Uh, Two disciplines. D- that you, disciplines. Yeah. You kind of need a PhD to do anything if you're going to be specialist in that. To right? practice. In yeah. some ways, I feel really fortunate. Like I am getting to practice them in some sense. But um, so I was studying human and cultural geography and philosophy. So really uh, learning about the way people people interact with their environment, the way their environment informs their lives and their cultural expressions, and uh, social philosophy. So yeah. the ways people form communities and you know, submit themselves to leadership and governance. It was all, and, and these were all things that the CNU was really interested in and, uh, you know, other trade organizations, perhaps to a lesser degree. Now start talking about, I, I, okay, <laughs> yeah. when I first came here, when I first started working with the CNU, and the Northeast chapter is full of a lot of heavy-duty architecture people, um, heavy-duty um you know, builder and building kind of people and the, the, the nuts and bolts kind of people. But you, you just said something that I found fascinating, which mm-hmm. is this is the kind of stuff that the new urbanist people are talking about. <laughs> Philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, geography, mm-hmm. people working in communities. Yeah. I, I don't think I, that's an insight that you have. And I agree with you. And I find that here too. But I don't know if we went down to the lobby and asked people like, what's the new urbanist talking about? That that would that would come out. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think it's it's evolved a lot, and it's it's very diverse in that way. So no, it's true. Perhaps not everyone seeks you know the same uh, philosophical discussions <laughs> as as I do. Um, but I but I think but I think they do. I just don't think they recognize it. You you recognize it because you come from a background yeah. that is a, a you know this non technical you know, get your, uh, get your graph paper and write it out world. So to me, I feel like you're like this beacon picking up on a lot of the things that are going on here that everybody else is oblivious to. Yeah. To me, it's what, what excite, what, what excites most new people. It, it, that's the, it sort of provides this, um, it, yeah, it provides this intellectual, and creative electricity that's really attractive to newcomers and to helping us expand our, our reach beyond, beyond the, the, what do you call it? The graph paper people? Yeah, the graph paper people. <laughs> the people of the graph paper. Um, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, I feel yeah. like we could do a SNL skit on people, people of the graph people paper. People of the graph paper. Right. It's waiting to happen. Um, so you make yep. this shift. Yeah. So from, you know, uh, you graduate, you've got these uh, two kind of esoteric degrees. Um, <laughs> you're now like starting to flirt with a career path that involves new urbanists. How do you wind up like part of the organization? Yeah. Because you served on the board for quite a while, right? In, in New England. Yeah. How'd you wind up there? I don't know. <laughs> You, um, I, I do, I, I can hand. tell, I can tell you, no, well, sort of, all right, I, I, uh, I, I was foolish enough to accept a, a monstrous chore. So, so following my involvement in the sort of private practices of some of these, these members, like Bill and Kara, yeah. um, uh, Kara Wilbur, 
Kara Wilbur, again, she, she, uh, she invited me, shall we say, to organize a conference during my senior year of sure. college. So, um. A modest undertaking. Yeah, it was, it was really hairy, re- really scary, really daunting at first. I had no experience in organizing a conference. Certainly, I didn't dare stick my neck out in front of, you know, people I knew were really intelligent, far more seasoned than I. Yeah. Um, but I did. I, I, I was crazy enough to do it. And, uh, I actually, I would, I, you know, just as an endorsement for extracurricular involvement, um, in your undergraduate career, it really served me well. So, you know, you, you develop it, you develop a network, but you also develop the chance to play with and refine some of your, your philosophies and your theories. And, and also, um, you do gain a lot of, um, exposure to the field. That really helped me. So, uh, I guess with those, Distinguished credentials of having organized a conference. I, I was elected to the board, um, and I continued to be active while working in a, in a private sector job, doing permitting and approvals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was working really for, rewarding. Oh gosh, I, I, everybody's done it at some point, right? Yeah. Bang your head against the wall. So you were working for a private company, yeah. helping them get permits and approvals. Yeah. See, now here's the, this is the other thing. That's a very technical undertaking. I mean, whether you know it or not, that, that's one of the like highest value added things yeah. that developers do. Because if the permitting process were easy, everybody would do it, right? Right. But it's like this horrendous, nasty mess you have to go through. Do you, do you see what I'm piecing together here? Yeah. Here is a, here's an undergraduate student who professors say, you should come do this thing. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, you're, Helping to set up a conference, which is also not an easy undertaking. Mm-hmm. Now you're doing permitting and basically like troubleshooting for people trying to get stuff through <laughs> massive, crazy <laughs> northeastern bureaucracies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now the next step is you become the executive director of this herd of cats, right? Yeah. Did I tell you it was that? No, that's you my just, turn. Just, well, I just that's know, your own assessment. I know new urbanists enough <laughs> to know that it is an unruly group of, yeah, they just do whatever they want, right? Mm. But you bring them together. Talk about uh, how you got, how, how did you decide to do this? Because you're the first executive director, so they must have, Yeah. they just said, we need somebody and, and that's you? Yeah, so I guess, I'm not sure how, how exactly the pivot occurred, but I guess one role, one role I had in the private sector was you were sort of an ambassador for private projects, whether they were beautiful or bad. Right. And, um, and so you, you know, you you develop you a lot of those, you develop a lot of those skills. I sort of developed a map of, of, you know, the authorities that be in Boston. There right. are many. Yeah. Um, but I also, so I sort of, I saw, you know, while I was on the board, I, I, I just, I continued to see the extraordinary potential of the members, what they were doing in their, you know, in their own private jobs and in their, um, and even, even the, even the, uh, extraordinary work they were willing to do for the organization and, uh, you know, the, the really creative events they were willing to put out. And so I said, you know, this, um, I, I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of efforts sort of flounder. Right. Um, yeah, and that, that... I saw a lot of efforts flounder. Yep. 
And I also saw that there was not, there wasn't an opportunity for someone to be the sort of the face and the ambassador for the organization. So, you know, in order to, in order to really let these projects take off, you had to have some, you know, marginal credibility. And we just, we just hadn't, we hadn't achieved that yet. Right. Right. Um, so, so I saw that, you know, among many opportunities, I saw, I really saw an opportunity to do that and to meet with, you know, any, anybody from local stakeholders and neighborhood associations who, you know, I see as one of the people that is most hungry for the expertise we can deliver, um, to state level officials and mayors. Yeah. And, um, to, you know, I had the, you know, the fortune of working nimbly and being able to uh, make these connections without too much, you know, without needing too much support or daily, right. daily support. So um, I think that's that's one role I really see a need for at the local level is to make these make these connections. Yes. Yeah. Well, do you see? How, I mean, to me, this is the you know, you and I met at the Build Maine conference, but I, I, I'm trying to think of when that was, November? Yeah. Is that when we were? Yeah, okay. Was. So you and I, you and I first met in November, and here I'm sitting across the table from this person, and first of all, when you say you're a philosophy major, I'm already, in, I'm already in love because I just, that's what I wanted to do, you know, but it was like, no, you must be serious in life, so. Well, true, truth be told, I was, I was a de facto philosophy major. I, yeah. I played in all the activities, but I was actually also like that. I, I stayed a minor. Oh yeah, due to restraint of being practical. But anyway, sorry. Continue. No, so so then <laughs> you you have this this I think great trajectory that I don't know if you're seeing, but you, you know you have stepped in and filled a lot of voids. And one of the voids now that was in front of you was, boy, there's all there's there's all this energy out there. There's all these great people doing these great things, and it's easy to have initial momentum. But it's hard to keep that going yeah. when you have a day job and you have all these things you have to do. Mm-hmm. But my gosh, this is such a need. We need an executive director, and I, I, you know, I can I can do that gig. Is that a fair? I mean, did I just say your life story there? You sort of said my life story up to this point. Is there a question in that? No, there's not. <laughs> so do you? Okay, so so you're in this position now. You are. The you know the, the the cat herder, the, <laughs> the you know the the person who takes out the garbage, you're the person who puts the budget together. You're doing what? What are some of the things that you're working on mm-hmm. in this capacity now to kind of elevate CNU New England? Yeah, play the ground game. Play the ground game. Um, so we're 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 as I said we're we're expanding our outreach, but we're trying to do that in really targeted ways. So. Um, a few a few voids we've seen in the landscape, or you know, places where expertise is really needed to sort of shift culture and shift dispositions toward building livable and walkable communities. Um, we're we're working with Main Street organizations sure. and neighborhood associations and business improvement districts, small targeted areas, but places that are that you know have a have stewardship and, you know, a, a small contingency of people that are really invested. Um, we're working with them and matching them with the expertise of our members. So we're, we're going out, we're doing very, you know, very small, very lean, um, you know, very lean sessions with these groups um, 
that are that we're actually seeing we're actually seeing really great results from um, the the aim of them is to get them to embrace some of the the tools available within tactical urbanism you know the ones that can sort of catalyze quick investment or right. reinvestment and um, you know are useful political tools and cheap cheap tools for uh, for small organizations but um, we are working, so yeah, we're, that's one of our programs is, is this sort of matchmaking. Yeah. Um, and on the, on the demand side, we put out a call for applications. We got, got an astounding. Yeah. Result. Yeah. Um, far more than I can, or we can undertake in maybe even five years. Right. So that's fantastic. To tough decisions, which was awesome. And on the other side, you know, on the supply side, I get every day I get more people that want to join as a member and, you know, become part, be able to, you know, volunteer half a day, a day to go out and use their creativity to help these places. So it's a really, it's like a, it's a sort of an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> but that's one of, that's one of the programs I'm working on is trying to get that moving seamlessly and trying to affect change in all six states of our region. Tell me what it's like to work in the... Are you from the Northeast originally? I am. Okay. I'm from New Hampshire. Here's the interesting thing. When, when I travel around the country, and we're in Texas now, Texas has a, a lot of places that from a strong town standpoint, from a new urban standpoint, yeah. uh, really maybe even are beyond salvageable. You know, I mean, it's really tough. Uh, when I go out to California, I just... I walk away completely bewildered. You know, how would I, how would I help these people? When I go to the Northeast, there's a part of me that says, wow, I, you know, things aren't destroyed here. Uh, things could actually work here. I don't even know if they, I don't even, I don't even know how much I have to help these people. Then I start talking to you and other people there and you're like, oh my gosh, we have so many things to do and all this. You've 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 visited other parts of the country. Yeah. How special is New England? I mean, I, from a new urbanist standpoint, in particular, it, it, to me, it's like one of the best parts of the country. How do, does that make you uh, work harder? Does that make you take things for granted? Do, you know, what, what is what does that do to live in a place like that? It makes us work different, um, quite possibly harder. Okay, I, I, would, I would argue, and I think some of our members would argue um you know we're dealing obviously the we have a great built heritage um so there are far more opportunities for you know small-scale infill and um you know like more targeted streetscape enhancement and you can like actually that, take someone like to the next city and show them here like this this works that, or you can take yeah. them to their own city and say how mm -hmm. about this block? Like, yeah. That's nice. It's full of living examples of, you know, what great urbanism can achieve. Um, what sort of comes along with that territory is, you know, with this very dense development, you have a density of people. And a density of people is a density of, you know, political, uh, you could call them obstructions, but, you know, complexities um, that add to our work. Um, you know, so, you know, Political complexities within a neighborhood and political complexities, you know, within a region. We we have a very uh, a small, um, we have a great system of municipal governance, local municipal direct democracy yeah. governance. Yeah. Um, but that makes it, you know, uh, that makes it challenging to work in some places and to really effectuate change on a on a larger scale. So the tools we've had to develop are really. Um, you know, really working through very established, um, established systems. 
<laughs> say too much more. Um, well, let, let me say it. Sure. The, the, the Northeast, <laughs> to me, like if I'm going to point to the the, the the challenges of the Northeast, yeah, they're less structural, like the rest of the country, in terms of like the physical form of a place. Mm-hmm. There's more to work with. There's more momentum. Mm-hmm. But yours seem to be a lot like the political structure, like the the, the fact that. You have very old, entrenched bureaucracies that That's are word. very kind of self-serving and, and hard to hard to change, and, and very hierarchical and centralized. You know, you, you have to. You talk about trying to get permitting done. Mm-hmm. Permit getting permitting done is a, is an art and a skill because there's a political aspect to it, yeah. right? There are firms like the one I was working in because it is an art and skill, right? And science, right? Yeah. But but yeah. you would think that getting a permit is a matter of filling out a form and meeting a requirement, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's no. way more than that. That's something that the Northeast, to me, is... It's not unique to the Northeast, because mm-hmm. other parts of the country have that, but it has... That's To me, that's the primary burden and obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. How do you... How do, how do CNU start to deal with that? Glad you asked. Um, so, with the, with the support of a few of our board members and... Um, you know, support of several members. We're leading a, an initiative to uh, train elected leaders in these small municipal governments to um, understand the ways that you know the decisions about the built environment. They, they so so often these decisions get laid in their hands, and um, you know, though they these elected leaders may be well-meaning. I mean, they've often gone into public service because they want to be champions for change right. um, without some of the technical competencies that us or you all as oh, yeah. as planners and engineers and, and architects. I, I want to make the world better. I'm, I'm not a technical person, but yeah. I see a problem. Yeah. Yeah. We want to, we want to give them the, the tools and the, you know, the conversational ammo um, the data to be able to enact this change. That's yeah. why we're bringing you out. That's why you were so compelling in Maine, in rural <laughs> Maine, because you were able to really, con- we, we deliberately connected with uh, the contingency of elected leadership yeah. in that jurisdiction, the municipal yeah. associations. So what we're doing is we're, we're setting, we're setting the stage for a training program where we can really bring elected leaders, uh, uh, elected leaders that demonstrate a capacity and a willingness to semi-radical, semi-crazy yeah. in their community um, to be the first seeds of change. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's uh, that's another project we're really excited about. And one of your your strong towns members, Seth Sarin, here. Yeah, you're, he's fantastic. He is fantastic, and he's my neighbor. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, we're we're working together on on that with with several other members. And well, I'm excited to be coming back. Um, the being there the last time. Everybody is wonderful, mm-hmm. and I, I've, you know, I've been having this ongoing discussion with people around the country about if I were ever to move, where would I, where would I move? And I have to say, I, I find the Northeast, I find Maine in particular, just very much the kind of place I would like to be in. Yeah, and a, a lot of it comes down to you know the the people too. I mean, I like the cities, I like the countryside. Maine is is like Minnesota, but. With more topography and an ocean, you know? <laughs> more water. Yeah, more water, exactly. But the people there were very engaged. They asked great questions. We were we had that round table thing at lunchtime 
with the DOT officials, mm-hmm. and they were very on board with thinking things differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I found it very intoxicating. I, 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 I think it's a wonderful set of people in that part of the world. Thank you. Thank you don't you. always have that reputation. But oh, live free or die, is that the Well, New that's Hampshire? the New Hampshire reputation, thank yeah. you. But <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm glad, I'm glad your, your experience in Maine was a pleasant one. They, well, they are indeed pleasant people. We don't have that, that cozy uh, Midwestern reputation in the Northeast. But, um, oh, I don't know. I wouldn't say, I don't say we're too cozy, but it was, uh, it was, it was pleasant. There's nobody yelling, you know, get out of here or that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear good. that, but you, you had a good, you oh, had I had a great time. It was, it was wonderful. Um, are you nervous about tonight? Nervous, nervous what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you listening, uh, in a few in in a few hours, actually, it's three o'clock now. So in seven hours, we start. I think uh, the late show. Um, this is something that that I was asked to do last year. I thought it would be a total disaster. Actually, it turned out to be kind of fun. And they asked me to reprise it again this year. Uh, I get to select two guests. I, I it, for me, I want to have people who are out there doing great work, and really uh, young people, people who are trending younger who I think are up-and-coming stars, like people who's... If they were a stock, you would buy low because you know this is going to work out well. So I, I invited you to be one of our two guests, and you said yes... Yes. And now you're having horrible embarrassment. Now you're having yes. second. Now you're having doubts. Well, how can I? I can't can't doubt my way out of this obligation. No, you but can't. I'm I'm, uh, I'm honored. Well, I promise you, we will have I'm a excited. fun, fun time. Uh, so if you're here tonight, the late show starts at ten o'clock. Come to the debates at eight thirty. Before that, uh, <laughs> Robin, thanks so much for coming and being on the podcast. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, and uh, enjoy the rest of your CNU. that America's one big pothole right now. Bill, 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 Bill. That's the story. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating. Oh, Magnet City! I like you. I like your vision of the, of the world. The United Nations Earth Summit, Agenda 21. Yeah.